0: Good evening Hampton Roads, Southern Virginia, Northern North Carolina and internet listeners everywhere. Welcome to tonight's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. You're tuned into WGPL 1350 on your AM dial and i'm your host bishop hodges and welcome to this broadcast where we break down and discuss the dynamics of marriage and family relationships you know it's hard to believe that i've been speaking on finances in our marriages and families for the last six weeks now six weeks and uh boy time really flies when you're having fun and this time has flown and in all these many weeks all we've actually done Uh, and all we've actually dealt with is how to think about money and how to train your mind to deal with money and relationships. We haven't even gotten to actual saving or investing or spending. Thus far, it's been all about how to think about money. And the truth of the matter is, if we can change our thinking about money, like anything else, we'll start getting different results. Like anything else, if you change your thinking, you'll get different results because you have to change your doing. And if we change our thinking about money, we're gonna change our doing about money and we'll start getting different results. And so we've been on money now for six weeks and I'm not done with the subject of money, but this week I wanna divert just a little bit and move off that beaten path just a little bit and cover another subject. For the last few days, I've been thinking hard about The word anxiety, the subject of anxiety has been on my mind, on my heart. Anxiety has been on my mind really heavily, and I believe that means we need to say a word about it. So tonight I want to talk to you about conquering anxiety, and I'm sure you're familiar with the term anxiety and whether or not you can define it, I'm certain. I'm definitely certain that every one of us has experienced anxiety. You've experienced anxiety. I've experienced anxiety. All of God's children have experienced anxiety. And every one of us has experienced this to one degree or another. It's just common among us. And as we talk about anxiety, as we get ready to go into this, like always, before we go off using a word that seems to be so common, I want to give us a definition that will keep us all on the same page as we deal with the subject of conquering anxiety. So what is anxiety? And like most of the time, when I define words, I use Noah Webster's 1828 edition of the American Dictionary of English Language. You heard me right. I use Webster's 1828 edition of the Dictionary of English Language. And I like this dictionary because it defines world words in a real down-to-earth sense and, and uh, in a real everyday old school way. It really breaks it down and gives an understanding. And most of all, this dictionary version provides a biblical use for almost every word it defines in it. So let's see what Webster's 18, (coughs) excuse me, please, let's see what Webster's 1828 edition says (coughs) about the word anxiety. (coughs) Got a frog in my throat there, excuse me. Anxiety by Noah Webster's 1828 edition, here it is. Anxiety is concern or solicitude, respecting some event future, or uncertain, which disturbs the mind and keeps it in a state of painful uneasiness. It expresses more than uneasiness or disturbance and even more than trouble or solicitude. It usually springs from fear or serious apprehension of evil, and it involves a suspense respecting an event and often a perplexity of mind to know how to shape our conduct. Wow, that's a mouthful and that's a mindful. So it said a lot about anxiety there, concern or solicitude about some future event that you're uncertain about. This this concern and solicitude it rises to a level where it disturbs your mind and it keeps you in a state of painful uneasiness. And it springs forth out of fear or some serious apprehension of some evil or something bad happening. And, you know, it's just a, a, a heightened state of suspense or perplexing of your mind what to do about a situation. And that's what anxiety is all about. And when we break it down even further, when we unpack it even further, concern and solicitude, those are fancy ways of saying worry. In short, anxiety is worry, a level and the degree of strength in worry that rattles your soul. It rattles you to the very core of your being. Anxiety is the strong worry over something in the future that may or may not happen. Anxiety is the worry that's strong enough to cause a distressing uneasiness in your mind. Anxiety is so distressing because it contains a level or a degree of fear. It's the fear of the unknown, fear of the unseen, fear of what can happen if things don't work out just right. And the fear rises and the worry rises because you see something in your future and your mind can't seem to figure it out. Your mind can't seem to get control of it. Your mind can't seem to give you a way to deal with it. You don't know what's going to happen. So anxiety begins to take you over because you just don't know what's going to happen. But you know that if it doesn't work, great harm or great loss can come to you, to your family, to loved ones. Great harm can come if it doesn't work out right. And that's where the anxiety comes from. It's this strong worry that grips our soul. It grips our mind. We don't know how to plan for a future event. We can't control a future event. We don't know what's gonna happen with a future event. But we know one thing, If this event does come to pass and it doesn't work out right, we can suffer great harm or suffer great loss. And that's actually what happened to Peter when he walked on the water. Here's a storm raging. The disciples are in the boat. The boat is reeling and rocking back and forth. Here comes Jesus walking on the water. Jesus identifies himself. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, let me come out there with you. Jesus says, come. And Peter began to walk on the water. But then the Bible says that Peter began to look at the waves. He saw the waves. He saw the waves. And then his level of anxiety increased. Anxiety took him over because he saw what could happen if he did not walk on that water. He feared the bad thing, the terrible thing that could happen if he began to sink when he was walking on the water. And that's what anxiety is all about. It's fear of what can happen if things don't work out just right. You know, your general outlook on life can affect how you handle anxiety. Your sense of security, your sense of resiliency, your inner strength, all of that has a lot to do with how you handle anxiety. And if you're a person who generally feels less secure in the world, less secure in your environment, then anxiety can be a monster in your life. If you're a person who generally doesn't trust others, anxiety can be some Godzilla, some Frankenstein. Anxiety can be a real monster in your life. If you're a person who is more negative thinking than positive thinking, if you're more pessimistic than optimistic, anxiety can wreak havoc in your mind. And guilt can also add to your level of anxiety and help push you further into fear and despondency. Let me say that again, guilt can mess with your mind and add to your level of anxiety, cause your level of anxiety increase, push you further into despondency, push you further into fear, push you further into depression. That's what happened to Judas after he betrayed Jesus. He was filled with guilt and that anxiety ate him alive and caused him to take his own life. And listen, if you don't have a strategy for life, if you don't have a strategy for dealing with anxiety, anxiety will deceive you into taking your own life. And why do I say deceive? Because it's a trick. It's a trick. It's about your imagination. It's about what you imagine that can happen by virtue of an event that you don't know will happen or whether it will not happen. It's in the future. So you're deceived into thinking something really bad, something terrible is going to happen. And that raises your level of anxiety. Now, let me tell you something. Being a member of the human race means that there will always be something that can happen that we did not count on. There's always going to be something that can happen that we didn't count on. Something will happen that throws you for a loop. It may even be something that you got yourself into. And now the guilt is increasing your anxiety, fear of the unknown, fear of the future, fear of what is supposed to happen to you, fear of what you know should happen to you. It all increases the level of anxiety. It all grips your mind. And if we're not careful, the topsy-turviness... I just made up a word there. The topsy turviness of the world will raise the level of anxiety in our lives. And with all that's going on in the world today, there is plenty to raise your level of anxiety. With all going on in your life, forget everything going on in the world, somebody listening to me right now, you have enough going on in your life to raise the level of your anxiety. The stock market is on a roller coaster ride, raises anxiety. The economy is being affected by a trade war with China, raises anxiety. Some of us are living from paycheck to paycheck. We recently endured a government shutdown that turned some folks' lives upside down and inside out. There's a lot going on to raise the level of anxiety. Why, just yesterday or day before yesterday, one uh, oil tankers in the Persian Gulf were attacked. And now that causes the price of oil to fluctuate, which causes the price of gas to go up. Something else to raise the level of anxiety. Some folks barely can't afford to keep gas in the car now. And here comes something like that happening. It raises the level of anxiety. You need a strategy to conquer anxiety. Because if you fail to plan for the serious, the bad, the tragic things, the negative things, the unfortunate things, if you fail to plan for those, when the unexpected happens, as it always will, anxiety just might take you out. And life has a way of kicking every one of us in the rear and it won't apologize for it. And if you don't have a plan for that, I'm telling you, if you live long enough, you can name it and claim it. You can blab it and grab it. And going to church does not insulate you from trouble. If you live long enough, life will kick you in the rear and there will be no apologies. You need a plan for it. And when it comes to conquering anxiety, we could actually uh, spend a few days going over a biblical plan to conquer anxiety because there's just that much information in the Bible to deal with the subject. But tonight, I want to keep it brief. I want to keep it short and sweet as it uh, talking about this plan to conquer anxiety. We can actually live a life that does uh, insulate us to the point where we are always ready to deal with anxiety anxiety and anxiety does not have to get the best of us. Anxiety does not have to get the best of us. We don't have to worry about something in the future that may or may not happen. And your plan to conquer anxiety begins with you being born again. Wow. I want that to sink in. Your plan to conquer anxiety begins with you being born again. Listen, you're listening to us tonight on WGPL 1350 on your AM dial here in Hampton Roads. You're also listening at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. You find us on the internet. You can listen to us live. Do me a favor, send me an email, cd at hotmail.com. Inbox me on Facebook, Bishop Carl Hodges. Let me know that you're listening. Let me know if this subject tonight does anything for you. Let me know if it helped you. Let me know if it bore Let me know if I'm doing you any good. Let me know if I'm wasting time. Just let me hear from you. We need to hear from you. Don't make me continue to wonder. So reach out and, and give us a shout out here. All right. So when we're going to conquer anxiety, it all begins with you being born again, a member of the body of Christ, a born again, baptized believer and disciple of Jesus Christ that's where it all begins. And why is that important? Well, not only does being born again guarantee our eternity, but being born again brings us into covenant relationship with God, our heavenly father. And he has given us many promises to secure us in our relationship with him. Wow. Being in relationship with God is coming into a covenant relationship with him. And covenant means that God promises that he will keep every promise that he makes. And when we come into covenant relationship with God, he gives us many promises, 66 books worth of promises. And those promises secure our future. They secure our relationship with him. And when you and I stand on the promises that God has given to us, when we stand on those promises and refuse to be moved from those promises, when we place our faith in those promises, confess those promises, trust in those promises, believe in those promises, we get to see God take care of us. Being a born-again believer gives us the right to always believe and know and expect that no matter what happens, God will come to see about us. Wow, that's worth repeating. Being a born-again believer, having faith in God, gives us the right to always believe and know and expect. We have the right to expect That no matter what happens, God will come to see about us. Let's look at some promises here. Again, I don't want to take all night and I don't have long. I just want to give you a quick, brief strategy to conquer anxiety. So the first step in the strategy is you must be born again. You must be born again. And then we'll go over to Philippians four and six. The message Bible reads, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. That's powerful. And that's all from the Message Bible. In short, the message Bible is saying, don't you worry and don't you fret. You're a child of the king. You're a child of God. And instead of worrying, you ought to be praying and praising. Instead of worrying about what's going to happen in the future or what may not happen, you can't tell the future. You ought to be praying and praising. Because when you pray and praise, when your life is shaped by praying and praise, when you juxtapose prayer and praise onto a situation, when you put prayer and praise, when you pray and praise, and let God know about your concerns, a sense of God's wholeness will come over you. A sense of God's control will come over you. A sense of God having it all in his hands will come over you. A sense of God having it all in his power and everything under control, that sense will come over you and it will settle you down. And Jesus Christ will displace your worry with the peace of God. That's what it's all about. It's all about the peace of God. Prayer and praise. God says, don't worry, pray. In everything, pray and praise, pray and praise, pray and praise, pray and praise. And as you pray and praise, a sense of God's ability, God's presence, his eyes being on you, a sense of God being in control will come on you and settle you down. Yes, the King James Version calls it the peace of God. Prayer and praise will shape you and condition you to conquer anxiety. Prayer and praise will move the anxiety out and let the peace of God in. (coughs) Prayer and praise will give you this unexplained calm assurance that everything will be alright. When God's peace takes you over, nobody can understand while you're not rattled in your soul. Nobody can understand while you're not losing your mind after some of the things that you've been through. But the truth is, God's peace has a grip on your soul. God's peace has loosened the enemy's grip. God's peace has loosened and released the grip of anxiety. And God's peace now has a grip on your soul. And whatever God grips, whatever God has in his grip, the world can't harm, the world can't change, the devil can't harm, circumstances can't sway it. When God has a grip on you, he's gonna hold you no matter what. And all of this has to be the reason that the songwriter wrote the hymn and asked the question in the hymn, why should I feel discouraged? And why should the shadows fall? Why should my heart feel lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, a constant friend is he, his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. So the first element in conquering anxiety, the first element in the strategy to conquer anxiety is to pray and praise and watch God's peace come on you. Pray and praise and watch God's peace come on you. The next element in in your strategy to conquer anxiety is to weigh the evidence and prioritize. Weigh the evidence and prioritize your life. What do I mean weigh the evidence and prioritize your life? I'm glad you asked that question. Well, what does the evidence say? You may be like me, you like watching uh, NCI uh, CSI. You know, we've had so many CSIs, but I like them going over the evidence and I like them being persuaded in their minds about what the evidence says. And you and I must be persuaded in our minds and in our hearts about what the evidence says about the God that loves us and the God we serve. Let's look at the evidence. What does the evidence say? Well, first of all, the evidence says that the birds don't plant gardens The birds don't punch a clock from nine to five. The birds don't work all day, yet God cares for them. I've never seen a skinny bird. They know the father will take care of them. And believe it or not, you're worth much more than birds to God. The evidence says you cannot grow one millimeter by worrying about any given situation. You can't grow, you can't change. You can't change a situation by worrying about it. You can't change it one iota by worrying about it. The evidence says that flowers don't work like a dog trying to buy new clothes. Yet they wear the prettiest clothes you can imagine. Jesus says that Solomon in all of his beauty and in all of his glory, he was not arrayed like the flowers in the field. And you're worth more than flowers. The evidence says that if God takes care of the birds of the air and if God takes care of the flowers of the field, then the God that loves us and the God that we serve, the God we're committed to, he will surely take care of you, his child. And this is the scriptures recorded in Matthew, the sixth chapter. This scripture in Matthew six, it illustrates how God provides. Watch this for our food, our fashion, our finances, our future and our families. In modern lingo. That's what Matthew six is all about, because we're always worried about what we're going to eat. We're worried about what we're going to wear. We're worried about where our money is coming from. We're worried about what's going to happen in the future. We're worried about how our families are going to make it. The evidence says that God has it all under control. So wake up in the morning, pray and praise. At lunchtime, pray and praise. In the evening, pray and praise. When the sun go down, pray and praise. Before you go to bed at night, pray and praise. When an unfortunate situation arises, pray and praise. And while you're doing all of that, weigh the evidence. Weigh the evidence. The evidence says God keeps nature. God keeps the universe. God keeps the birds of the air. God keeps the flowers of the field. And God will surely keep you his loving child. He will provide for your food, your fashion, your finances, your future, and your families. The evidence says God has it under control. Now, based on the evidence, set your priorities. You prayed, you praise, you weighed the evidence, you convinced that God has it under control. Based on all of that, Set your priorities right. Well, what should our priorities be? I'm glad you asked that question. Our priorities should be to seek God's kingdom and his righteousness first and foremost in our life. Our first and highest pursuit should be to be as right with God as we possibly can and all the while trusting him to make us right with him. Our first and highest priority, our first and highest pursuit should be to be right with God. In our thinking, be right with God. In our living, be right with God. In our talking, be right with God. In our dealings with others, in our relationships, in our business dealings, be right with God. Seek to please God. Seek to do it God's way. And you know, we really should not be saying that we believe in God and trust God if we're not seeking to live God's way. He's worth it. And that should be our highest and first priority. We can afford to make his business our number one priority because if we make his business our priority, you would better believe He's going to make our business his priority. We will have an abundance of opportunities to be anxious. But remember the strategy tonight. The strategy is pray and praise. Pray and praise. Pray and praise will shape your life. Pray and praise will condition your mind. Pray and praise will condition your heart. Pray and praise. It'll release anxiety's grip on your mind. Pray and praise. It'll release anxiety's grip on your soul. The first element in your strategy to conquer anxiety. Pray and praise. And while you're praying and praising, expect the peace of God to come over you. Expect the peace of God to come over you. Why? Because when we're praying and when we're praising, we have every right to believe To know and to expect that God will show up in our lives and see about us. And after you pray and praise now, after you pray and praise, consider the evidence. Weigh the evidence. This is a faith builder right here. Weigh the evidence. Because the evidence says every bird lives. Every animal in the field lives. Birds flying through the air. They don't have nine to five jobs. They don't plant gardens to eat, but God provides for them. He provides. The lilies in the field, the flowers in the field, they don't work jobs. They don't toil trying to find clothes to wear, but God clothes them. And when God clothes the lilies in the field, the flowers that grow naturally, they're prettier than any apparel of ensemble that we can assemble and wear. And you're worth more than the birds to God. You're worth more than the flowers to God. Weigh the evidence. The evidence says God will take care of you because he takes care of what belongs to him. Listen, we will have an abundance of opportunities to be anxious. Life will always present us ample opportunities for anxiety to take over and take uh, our lives over. And if we allow it, deceive us into taking our own lives. But it doesn't have to be. Pray and praise. Watch God's peace come in and change your outlook. Weigh the evidence and make up your mind that God will take care of you. Expect him to come through and he will move. He promised. So I don't mind guaranteeing and promising also. He will move in concrete ways to come see about you when you can't even see about yourself. Then set your priorities. Pursue being right with God more than anything else in the world because you know God has your back. Now, somebody employ this strategy for conquering anxiety, employ it in your life, and get up and go get the victory. <clears throat> Listen, you've been listening to this week's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic right here on WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. Uh, Join us again this same time next week. We'll be looking to hear from you. Uh, We're out of time, but again, I wanna encourage you to reach out and contact me, reach out and communicate with me. You can email me, cdhodges at hotmail.com. Reach out to me on Facebook, inbox me, Bishop Carl Hodges. We want to hear from you, need to hear from you. So until next week, remember, you can't have peace without surrendering your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out.